tell you what, I, I hate the whole everyone matches their Nikes and Nikes and Nikes. I got to Les Mills and people are like, oh my God, coach, we got to teach you, teach you how to dress. I go, and I'm, I'm straight, I'm very flippant. I go, see, the problem with y'all is you're worried so much about your, how you look, that's why you're training shit. What's it got to do with how I look compared to what I need to deliver? I'm invested. I'm, my, my thing is my athlete. My definition, again, I could ask this question again, success. So what, what's success for you? I set a target and I hit it. I'm successful. Be true to yourself. Just be true to yourself and who you are. That's, that's it. Literally, like, and like I said, the simplest things in life are normally the hardest. That saying is so simple. Be true to yourself. Now, you're hearing me say true. Oh yeah, I'm true. But really, are you true to yourself? Are you doing what you're meant to be doing? Are you doing it for you? And is there purpose and intentions behind what you're doing? When you understand your purpose and intentions, and is it true and aligning to what you want, then you're on your way. That was Coach Sons, and this is Dug It, the podcast. Welcome to episode 49 of Dug It with Coach Sins. And this episode is a dose of the truth. But before we get into it, today's fact of the day brought to you by Mike Mailer, another amazing strength and conditioning coach, and Ben Greenfield Fitness, who's a legend in all things high performance and sports and fitness. And it's around the myth of post-workout nutrition so many of us have been told you have to work, you have to eat within 20 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes of working out to reap the benefits of the workout. But in every study or experiment that's investigated the benefits of immediate post-workout nutrition, subjects were fed after completing the exercise in a fasted or semi-fasted state. So, of course, you're going to benefit if you haven't eaten at all of getting that nutrition back into the body. But for most of us, we're we're not waking up fasted and working out for hours on end. We've eaten something beforehand or during the workout. And so that post-workout meal is not so crucial. It's not a dual diet to get the benefits of the workout. In fact, Mike uh, Mailer talks about a four-hour window, Ben Greenfield, even eight hours that you've got to start to replenish the body. And so for many of us, we can challenge the body in a variety of ways and still reap the benefits. And that real post-workout nutrition is particularly just important if you're fasted or if you're looking at doing another workout during the day, which I think is, um, yeah, there's some, so many great benefits of fasting as well. So it's nice to keep that variety and to know that the body is so amazing at recovering and getting strong and that there's a bit of freedom around that post-workout nutrition. And back to today's episode with Coach Sons. He is the Tony Robbins of high-performance training, the Muhammad Ali of strength and conditioning. He is one of the greatest. He believes he will be one of the greatest. He only works with the greatest, and that is one of the secrets of life as spoken about in great books like Think and Grow Rich, that what we think becomes our reality and that our self-talk, our auto-suggestion 
creates that reality, literally training the subconscious mind with our thoughts, with our self-talk. And so much of what I got out of this podcast was all about mindset and creating a mindset of a champion. And uh, I found out about Coach through the social media, through following his amazing athletes that he trains from Israel, Adesanya, the style bender, one of the top UFC fighters in the world, Sonny Bill Williams, Quade Cooper, Tom Abercrombie, some amazing footballers and Olympic athletes. He's training some amazing people and doing some amazing work. And I'm always interested in the people behind the legends and the superstars, the stuff that happens in the background. Social media is so much about front stage, but the real magic happens backstage. That's where all the hard work and effort and planning and training really happens to set you up for those real highlights, which is often just what we see. So it was amazing to be able to dive into Coach Sunz's philosophy, his training, his techniques, his mindset with his athletes, with his life. And uh, so much of it came from his upbringing in South Africa, which you dive into, and having to literally fish for food on his table, having a really poor upbringing, his dad just living in a two-bedroom house, one of 14, and having to walk 14 Ks a day to get to school through the sugarcane fields. And so much of his inspiration came from his parents having to work so hard to get him to New Zealand, to get him to where he is today. And I love the that he mentions that his inspiration comes from inside, from within his own four walls. And I'm sure that's going to rub off you in this conversation. It's just such an inspiring one. And... Yeah, I really love also that his he 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 was injured in his a, as an athlete, a couple of ACL replacements. He was a top aspiring footballer and athlete in track and field as well and and but he's diverted that passion to become a trainer to be the trainer he wished he had in his life, which I think is such a wonderful thing to bring to the world what you wish existed in it. And we also dive into his unconventional training methods, the method behind the madness, how he likes to spice things up, as he says, and um, breaking the rules on social media, breaking all the rules. <laughs> He's a real innovator and, uh, and investigator and philosophizer, if that's even a word, in strength and conditioning. He's pushing the boundaries, but also keeping things so simple. So. We dive into that and so much more. So, man, I dug this episode. Hopefully you did too. This will have you inspired, pumped for life, training harder than ever, wanting to be greater than ever, and hopefully changing your mindset and your self-talk to be the greatest, to believe that you can be the greatest. And Coach Sunt, he's amazing inspiration for that. Make sure you're following him on the Instagram without further delay. Here is the man himself, the myth, the man, the legend, one of the greatest, Coach Suns. I, I wanted to be a professional footballer for a while, and, yeah. then, I, um, and then I got into golf and played golf yeah. for a few years with played against like Ryan Fox and mm. the, the era of Danny Lee and a lot of those guys but I always loved um, 
just seeing anyone that was great in sport, no matter what the yeah. the discipline, 100%. it was just hundred percent. And and then and then also the people that are behind them yeah. that support them yeah. to get to that level and exactly. And, and uh, I saw you. I'm friends with Marika as mm. well, and I saw you. <laughs> You guys have some hilarious like Instagrams oh, and lots of fun. Oh yeah, like people like <laughs> they get so caught up with everything else, and I'm like, man, why are you worried about what other people say? Do you, man? Just do you. <laughs> if you if you not, there's no malicious intent. Then what you worried about? Yeah. Everyone getting so caught up, you know, worrying about everything else. It's like, yeah, stop it. <laughs> Just be you. <laughs> I love it. And that's what, um, I guess, the best athletes and performers and entertainers, they're just, they're so true. They're unique to themselves and what they're good at. And, um, and I guess as a coach, you're trying to bring out the best in someone. Right. And then everybody has different personalities. Yeah. Right. So when you're working with a group of 10 people at a time, for example, four or five of them have common traits. Cool. You know, they'll respond to certain things. The other two may respond to something else. The other one may respond to something else. So you've got to understand their personality. So the first few weeks, it's um, trying to figure them out. Mm. If I say this, ooh, they're going to get offended. Okay, don't say that. Can I do this? And sometimes I'll test the waters. I'll say things out of the blue. How are they going to react? Are they going to bite or are they going to go, ah, soon. So if you talk like that, it means we can talk like that. So, ah, happy days. And yes, I, I find that um, just the art of coaching fascinating in itself. Mm. But your like Instagram handle and you and you're known as Coach Sons. Yeah, yeah, that's all. And um, and if someone d- doesn't know what who you are and what you do, how would you describe what you do? Well, if someone asks, oh, "What are you?" I'm strength and conditioning coach. Pure, simple, easy. And they go, well, what do you mean strength and conditioning coach? Because, excuse my language, but every time Dick and Harry wants to be called a strength and conditioning coach. But if you take the time to either find out from me or go have a look, because everyone's on social, uh, social media. Have a look. Look at the people I'm working with. It's very sport-specific, high-end, high-performance, elite level. I do work with developing athletes and those coming through. I get emails every day, messages. Do you train everyday average Joes or Janes. And I'm like, well, yes and no. You know, if there's time, I may, I may do it. But if not, I'll pass you on to someone else. But I really focus on those sport, sporting side of thing and performance. Um, sounds bad, but I'm not really interested in anything else. Performance and bringing out the best because you only have a limited time mm-hmm. as an athlete. So if we we don't knuckle down within that, that time frame, you miss your chance of reaching that level. Uh, there's always gonna be a next level. How we get there depends on you, not me, because I'm always 100. It's what you bring to the table. And people know, like, you come with a hoo-ha attitude, I'll show you to the door. I don't care who you are. But that's why I don't sort of train your average Joes or Janes, not, not to disrespect them, but they don't have that mentality that I'm looking for uh, to get you to the next level. When I do create, which I am looking forward to in the future, so 
sets uh, time slots for those people that want to experience what it's like to train like an elite uh, level athlete. And that's where I'm more welcoming to it because I know I've got 10, 10 individuals there that just want to experience this but get better in their own level. They don't want to be any elite athlete and stuff, but I don't have that expectation going in where you go, oh, sons, yeah, I want to be the best, but you come with the average attitude. Get out. You know, I'm, I'm simple to work with. Mm. You either turn up or don't at all. It's easy. Well, I love that because your, your time's limited as well. So right? you only want to, the 100%. best impact on the world is going to be with the people you love to work with. Who right. And for me, for me personally, if we don't vibe, we, I always catch up with, even if it, like obviously an athlete, I have to catch up with them before we start training. If we don't vibe at that catch up, we will not train. I don't care you're the most expensive player in the world. You can be earning 500 million. I don't care. Me and you don't vibe. If we can't be friends, we're not training. Because I take my job personally, all right? And I'm very emotionally attached to it. Something goes wrong, and even if it was out of my control, that's, uh, it's gonna be like, no, it's my fault. Because I'm so invested into it. So I'm, I'm gonna try to tick every box. I'm like, okay, did I do this? Did I do that? Did I do that? Yep, he done that. Okay, how can we make it better? But then I'm gonna trust you as if you're my friend. So if we can't vibe and be friends, we'll never work together. And then people go, oh, well, you can't really be friends, sons. You, you gotta have a professional side. Uh, says who? What book? Written by who? This is my book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm dictating the rules of this book. We're working under my rules. We be friends, we train. We vibe, we train. We don't, see you later. Mm-hmm. So it's just because it's an energy thing. Mm-hmm. If your vibe and your energies don't work with mine, it doesn't lift mine, we're not going to work. If my energy can't lift yours, how are we meant to get better? That, that is, um, I just listened to a podcast just on that today because okay. if, if the people you surround yourself with should bring should make you feel better and then you contribute more to their life and you're all getting better in your unique ability. And, 100%. And how did you, because you grew up in South Africa. Yeah. You said you moved to New Zealand 17 yep. years ago. Did you did you always want to be a coach in, in sports or uh, what was your background to this point? So I love sports. So my family is big sporting. My father used to run uh, road running, uh, football himself. He made it to the highest levels as well. Um, and then obviously with the road running and being in Africa, football and athletics is quite, is quite dominant there. And so every time as a kid, we'd watch my father race um, long distance and whatnot. I'm like, okay, that's what I want to do. You know, I did that. I played football, got to the highest level there. Uh, athletics got to the highest level within age group, obviously. Uh, and then moved over to NZ and then yeah, played, played a bit of football. Football's passion for me. But then two ACL reconstructions later, yes, I did my first one at 19. Uh, took me about five years to try and come back from that one because I re-injured it in between. Then after five years, I tried again and it didn't work. And you know when it's time. You know when you're, you're time to go, okay, yeah, now, nah, uh, sons, it's done now. It's over as much as you love it. And you could have seen yourself go very far in the sport. You're like, nah, this is as far as you are going to get. 
Uh, and that's, I think that's with many things in life is being honest with yourself. Uh, and at a young age, I realized you don't ponder on anything. Have a little thought about it, think about it three or four times, plan it out, put it on the paper. Is it? Yep, you'll know. And you're out of there. So that was it. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to study. I started physiotherapy degree, two years into it. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to see broken people like me. You know, I don't want to see injured people. I'm more on the, I want to make you a beast. <laughs> you know, like, ah, don't worry about the injury. Injury side, we'll take care of that. <laughs> but let me, so yeah, I got a, did my sports science degree, just finishing off my master's in sports science. And then at some point, I'll, I, I'm going to do my PhD in sports science. So it's just more so to accredit who I am in the sense of I'm not pulling out things from a hat and going, today you're doing that. You know, there's always a, a thought process, there's principles behind everything we do. There's methods behind everything we do. There's science that's been out there, trialed and tested, and we've got these results. But then there's also individual style. I, I spice it up. I don't just put salt and pepper. Oh, I'm throwing everything. I'm throwing some heat in it. <laughs> so when you see my workouts, and people are like, how did you get that? I go, well, I'm working with my, my athletes and... How I treat every single athlete is, you know, in, in, in research, in stats and stuff, you get an outlier in a study. My athlete could be the outlier. So why am I going to apply a protocol on 200 people that took to it to an athlete that could potentially be that outlier that didn't take to it? So if I'm just going to go, no, you stick with it, no, you stick with it. You have a trial phase, you know, one week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is. And if you're not aware of what's going on, you'll never know if your athlete, your client is an outlier. But if you are just purely, that's, that's what the man said. Good, these bunch of scientists said, that's what we should do. Okay, so that's what you're going to do. You have now switched off interaction with your uh, athlete or client. And by interaction, I don't necessarily mean uh, spoken. I'm talking body language. Body language or the non-spoken communication is the biggest form of communication. If you're not paying attention and connected there, you're only gonna get to a certain level. And that's where I come in. Call me like cocky or arrogant, but that's why I'm, I'm a step ahead of everyone. And I'll tell it like, this country, I know they have this whole tall poppy syndrome thing. No, I believe in myself, I trust myself. I'm the best, yes, 100%. I'm a, I know there's someone gonna be better than me, someone faster than you, there's someone stronger than you. But you've got to believe in yourself to be, I'm the best, I understand, but I'm gonna constantly be working to keep myself up there. So like I said, some people don't like it, they're not used to it, it's not in an arrogant manner, because I have people higher than me that I talk to. Mm. And yeah. The, uh, I heard Muhammad Ali, he, he told himself he was gonna be the greatest, so he had that mindset. Visualization. But, yeah. and. Um, it's like a key teaching of Tony Robbins. I know Tiger Woods. All these guys kind of do NLP state, their self-talk, their preparation mm -hmm. is all immaculate. And then, but if, like you say, if people aren't used to it, then then they want to reject something they're not used to. 100%. Um, and I just think, yeah, changing that culture is... It's a, it's, an, it's a tough one. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like people are, and you don't, I won't say you don't blame them, but they're very easy to 
look at the outside. It's like a book, it's like a movie. They see the cover and they're like, oh, this could be crap. Don't really want to. The amount of times growing up I'd see, and I know this is the most weak example, a movie or a book. I'm just looking at it and I'm like, oh, this could be not nice. You started and then you hooked. Just like that, because you were too, I don't know, caught up with everything. Like you're just going to purely base your judgment on what you see on the outside, superficial, rather than taking, spend a little time and finding out you could actually learn from something. Mm. And it's in my industry, obviously, and maybe other industries, I don't know. You get people that will see your training, seeing your methods, whether you're working live next to them or online and stuff, and they'll be like, why? Why are you doing that? That's wrong. Again, says who? You know, is it is it you? Is it me? Whose whose book? Whose rule book are we are we talking about? Yours or mine? But common sense not very common these days, and that's because of technology and we allowing technology to think for us. Take the time, go to the trainer, and what you should do, and apply to any other profession. Hey man, I see you doing this movement with someone. How come you're doing it with this? Because I know how to do it with, say, my client that's just a normal person, but I see with your high-end athletes, you're actually putting them in a position that's not thought in a manual. And that's a smart thing. Ask me why I'm putting professional athletes in non-biomechanical positions or non-supposedly safe positions. Is rugby safe? No. Are they always in correct biomechanical positions? No. So why are we training to be in perfect bi biomechanical positions when we're not in the game? Mm. So instead of going, yo, I think you should do this, don't look stupid. Come and find out. Is there a reason why you're doing that? Cool. They'll never be in a biomechanical correct position. So this is why we train so they can handle loads and stress when they're out of that biomechanical correct position. So it's just that ignorance out there that's no it's wrong why why don't just find out mm -hmm. it doesn't hurt to ask and learn people are afraid egos mm -hmm. egos you know like when i first went to uh because i used to conduct my work out of hpu in les Mills in victoria park and some people obviously you know wood trainers it's like a business thing you know i'm i'm the best i'm the best man get out with your best i'm not worried about that there's always someone higher than you. And I'm not about to walk around like I'm God. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to walk around like I'm walking on gold carpets and stuff. No. But I did when I got there. I said, guys, I'm a walking library within the training world. Feel free. If you want to ask me something, tap me on the shoulder. Sons, I got a question. If I cannot answer it, I'll say, okay, I finished then. I got 20 minutes. Come and see me. More than happy to help you. You know what I mean? And I always told people, I don't need money for it. I don't chase money. Never, ever chase material things. But if people keep holding their the egos higher, uh, we're going to be going backwards in everything. So it's just, I guess people are afraid that if you ask someone, they're going to think less of you. No, I'll think more of you. Mm. I'll have more respect for you if you actually ask me. Hey, sons, I need help with this. Uh, there's a few trainers in there that, look, this is my program for my athlete or my client. Do you think it's great? I'm like, okay, yeah, but change this and do that and do that. Happy days. Respect you for asking. Mm. But it just comes down to that, breaking that barrier of, ah, oh, if I ask him, 
I'm going to look lower than him. Well, guess what, Charlie? <laughs> There's people <laughs> higher than me, you know? <laughs> I say I'm the best 100% because I believe in what I do. My stats speak for itself. But I know there's someone better than me, doing a better job than me. But how can I do what I need to do? Guess what? I'm going to be your friend. Not in a bad way, but help me understand why you're doing what you're doing. So then I can apply it. And that's, that's pretty much it, really. Mm-hmm. It's simple. But as much as I say it's simple, the simple, simplest things in life is the hardest. The, and that reminds me a lot of, I did a, a, a training with Ido Portel as well, and he was the same sentiment as you. Yeah. Why would you, there's no straight lines in nature and sport, and yet we train to these um, these kind of ideologies that really don't really exist in the real world. Yeah. And, I, and I think social media and a lot of things can, people read this book and they get stuck in an image and a look and nothing's being validated internally. Right. Or they're not working with someone who's. Um, I see it. I saw it in myself and a lot of young people not see, seeking or having access to the wisdom. The mm. people that have been through those trials and have seen those mistakes happen before. Hundred percent. They um, say what life's too short to experience everything yourself, <laughs> right? Learn from others' mistakes. But it's like I say, like everything today is just face value. They see it. They're not connected. They're not looking past it. So. Perfect, this podcast, you know, just like every, every other podcast or motivational speech, they're listening, but they're not listening. The ones that actually listen and are fully in tune with what we're saying or what the next person is saying, those are the ones that, that take on the message. Mm. Actually able to go back to a page and go, okay, this is what I learned from that. Whereas someone goes, yeah, listen to the podcast. Well, three weeks down the line, you actually haven't listened to it because mm. you're doing everything opposite that it told you that was discussed. So how did you actually listen to it? And this is because of the social trends, the fads, the fitting in of groups. And yeah, I'm doing this. I'm very much old. I'm stuck in the 80s. I'm an 80s baby, you know. And as much as I love science and technology and whatnot, I can't. I need a Nokia 3310 just to text. (laughs) All this fancy stuff on my phone, I get my friends to help me with it. I don't know how to use half the things. You know, but... If you have, obviously, your plate, for example, if you go to a buffet and you take everything and you can't see the bottom of your plate, it's one big mess. Just like life, if you keep taking all these things, it's too much. Lighten your load, focus on a few things, and carry on. Now, my training methods and principles are that. We'll only do four, if that, five movements, and we master it. We drill it, and we drill it, and we drill it. I don't need to give you 10 exercises. For who? For what? You know? Mm. Tick off what we need to do. What's your purpose? We'll get it done. Happy days. Uh, I don't know. My little, let's use Israel, for example. Adesanya, UFC boy. Um, he's probably here. Yeah, 100% he's going to be a champ. Middleweight champ. Uh, if anybody you want to talk to about vision and visualizing stuff... That man sees it, he'll tell you what, what's going to happen and he'll make it happen. We've, we've trained for what, four and a half years now. We have not changed any movement. How are we going to get better in it if we change it? And that's the problem. Everything we spoke about so far is that people cannot commit to something. Attention span of people are weak. 
And it's more a mentality thing. It's because, whoops, I saw something on Facebook, Instagram, they're doing this movement. Okay, so maybe I should try that. Now you've completely veered off what you, you were, you were so close. You got six weeks of that movement. You were so close to breaking that threshold, two more weeks. Attention gone. Guess what? You just lost that six weeks because you changed the movement completely. And this is what I see every day because obviously I work in gyms and work with other trainers and friends that are trainers and I watch all on different levels and like we say, stay in your lane. You watch it and you're like, but why are you changing it? You're doing so well, you know? You're doing so well in what you were doing. Forget what your friends are telling you. Stick to your guns. Mm -hmm. And again, social influences. And you mentioned having a purpose and and vision being so paramount to anything. And to do 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 know yours? Are you quite? So you know, funny you asked me this. I got asked this question maybe three four years ago. And every year I get asked, what's your vision, sons? I go, I'm going to be the best in the world. They go, that's it. I go, well, what more do you want? Oh, wait, again, and I'm going to keep referring to this. Whose book are we talking about? This is my book. I'm going to leave my book behind. This is not John and Joseph's book. This is sons. <laughs> this is my book. I'm, I'm going to be the best in the world. End off. And they go, so, okay, best. I go, best coach. I'm, I'm not, don't think physically. When we train, we're training mentally as well. So like I say, when I mentioned about being the non-spoken communication, more the body language and, and being in tune with the athlete, right? Uh, if you're not fully, fully connected and I, I don't know what else to say, like, like, like people are just too weak to, to go beyond next week. And I, I honestly don't know why. And like I say, I'm going to refer to social media, the, the modern fad society of, of, of jumping between this and that. Uh, I don't know, but my vision is simple. I want to be the best in the world. End. End of story. And every year I'm doing it, you know, and every year, every month, I'll, I have a self-check. Like, I don't have to write stuff down. I don't write stuff down. Everything's in my head. If, I posted up, I'm doing the podcast today. Some of my athletes go, have you prepared? I go, why do I need to prepare when I am sons? What does, I'm always prepared. I'm prepared. You, you put me up, put me in front of the biggest stage, put a stadium at 80,000, tell me, go sit there and talk. I'll talk because it's me. I'm talking about a topic that I'm well versed in. So why do I need to prepare when I'm fully aware? You know, purpose and intentions. You don't have purpose and intentions of why you're doing what you're doing. Charlie, you're going roundabout. You're staying in that roundabout. You haven't chosen an exit. You're just driving round and round. Find your purpose, intentions. It will point you in your exit that you need to take. Stick to it. Just like a GPS. If there's a roadblock, it will reroute you. Destination doesn't change, but the plan can change. People forget that. They confuse plan and destination, the same thing. No, 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 no. Your route changes because of circumstances, but your vision, your destination, your end goal never changes. And that's me. 
haven't. You know, I moved, had uh, owned my own gym on the North Shore, uh, needed to move and do something bigger and better. So got this opportunity to come and meet. Uh, so again, through Israel Adesanya, as one of his coaches, Doug Viney, he's good friends with the owner of the HPU, that high-performance unit that was in Les Mills, and he was, why don't you come and see my friend's place? And same thing, so I made that move. You know, I went there. So I was going to be the best. I'm still going to be the best. I had my own gym. I'm like, oh, I'm going to take this gym to next level. Okay, well, my vision of still being the best is always there. I went to HPU. I moved from HPU now because it's closing. And I've got to my friend's new spot, Fort Knox, School of Hard Knocks. That's in Grayland. Uh, it's a new gym opening up in a couple of weeks. And I'm still going to be the best. I'm just, my route to being the best is just changing along the way. But that hasn't stopped me from pushing for my vision and making that reality. Like I said, visualization, if you can think it, dream it, be about it, you'll get there. You know, it's like one of my athletes, um, powerlifter, Brendan Chetu. He's Oceania, Commonwealth, New Zealand record holders. He's got all the records. He started off as tennis player. He wanted to be a Wimbledon player. Young kid. He, he was about 43 kgs, Westlake. But then he got tennis elbow at 17, so he couldn't. He did um, athletics day at Westlake. And he ended up coming out second, I think, in 800 meters. And he goes, you know what? I think I could actually do this running thing. I'm like, okay, let's give it a go. We trained him coming from an athletics background and my father was a distance runner and father was one of the good and one of the greatest within that era of that 70s in South Africa. We go, yeah, we'll train you. He ended up cleaning up all the 5K, 5K records in his age group. Then he goes, you know what? I'm tired of being skinny. Yeah, distance runners, that's what they are. He goes, I want to be... He goes, I want to be jacked. <laughs> That's his word. He goes, I want to be yoked. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, cool. How about let's, let's, let's hit this powerlifting scene. He went up. He cleaned up all New Zealand records, all Commonwealth records, Oceania records. End of the year, we're going to go attempt a world record in Mongolia. Uh, and he's only, he's in the under 53 kg class. He deadlifts close to four times his body weight. He squats over three times his body weight. He's going to attempt a 130.5 kg bench. So that's way over two times bodyweight bench. So he's the perfect example of if you put your mind to it and have a vision, you can do anything. I'm talking, you know, if we talk training and science, right? Aerobic, strength sport, completely opposite. He made it. And his distance running, he achieved it, boom. Strength sport, people said, Man, look at you, you skinny little, you know? <laughs> nah, just, why don't you just train? And literally, they said that. And he's like, ah, okay. You, if you tell him he can't do something, he'll prove you wrong. <laughs> and now, he's like top 10 in the country across all classes. You know, he broke uh, records in the weight class above him. So, perfect example of if you put your mind to something, you know, the Einsteins, the, all these greats, the same human beings me and you are so why are people limiting themselves and go oh, I can't do this if you already put this barrier in front of you because you are mentally weak then we got problems mm. but if you start to believe and trust yourself internally 
externally you'll be fine and externally nothing can harm you if you have internal peace internal peace people forget about this and that's where and that's where meditation and all of that comes trying to find yourself uh, i guess for me growing up in south africa was hard uh, not in a first world soft country you know so you had to work for the ends and we we were not in a fortunate family we were we were from one of the dogs you know <laughs> like we were we were we were in a bad spot you know to the point of going fishing literally for food so not you know when your parents don't have uh, don't have work and don't have money and that's you're like oh crap so you go fishing with your father and stuff but you know they're going fishing every day to catch fish for the house because there's literally no food there you got your mother sewing stuff and going and sitting at taxi ranks trying to sell it you picking fruits from the trees and selling it on the side of the road to make money now this is the first time i think people are going to hear this they don't know this about me only my close friends and obviously my family know this so you know you got parents fighting because of poverty and arguments go on and and as a young age you watch that and you're like man i need we need to do something about this and obviously at the time you don't know what to do <laughs> what else are you going to do to me i was where i lived like south, south africa and their political rubbish obviously is an area just fully blacks the whole white black thing so it's quite a low socio economic group you got the townships like the shanty towns like the favelas in brazil on one side then you got the road and you got our houses all attached and nobody had much there but they were very happy you know so but to me i needed to education or sport get the family out of there you know so that's what i'm like man i need to study god damn i need to train i need to do something so we can get out of there and we, ugh, i was i was excelling in football you know getting signed to like the pro teams their academies and stuff i'm like okay cool we're going to make it we're going to make it and then my father got like a job offer here and he came over and builder obviously and we got a residency straight away so we gapped it straight away like we had whatever money we could gather together and flew straight out because we had residency so i was going to i was happy though i was like i'll live there i'll die there that's where i'm going to be it's it's almost like a landlock you know and when we see when you know it's obviously when we see homeless and people begging and stuff it's very easy for us to say uh oh man don't give them money they bums they can go and do things but people are not in this situation when they locked in it there's who's going to take you off this who is willing to give if you didn't want to give him a dollar what the hell who, which man is going to give him a job you know so it's the same thing when you in that in that environment in that situation you're like well this is where I'm going to be so you might as well make it work there's no use crying over it you get on with it you were happy with it there was there was happiness in the struggle i love that like it's it's so i, I don't know how to explain it but like you you don't have much you know you eating uh, one day you eating food one day you're not eating food uh, one day you got white slice of bread and a brown slice of bread connected to make a sandwich cuz you're running short you know you eating the same day you eating fish monday you eating fried fish tuesday you eating stewed fish on wednesday you eating baked fish on friday <laughs> you got all kinds of fish so that's why i say i'm a great fisherman cuz i know how to fish to survive so it's just that you know that that, that toughness where you have to work for things So when you come into a country and people are always about uh 
feeling sorry for you don't blame them because they don't know anything else mm. support systems in this country is great uh, so but people are getting softer as the years go and things go on but like I say my upbringing is everything that I am today that 17 years in South Africa made me who I am the, the uh, came we, we came to New Zealand locked oh, everyone's gonna hear about this now too at the end of the first year my father had $30 so $75 in his account he has to pay $400 rent for that week he has to buy food for the house you're like cut the how the hell is $75? And now you don't want to say anything. You're sitting there, you're like, shit, man. How are you going to do it? Like, you can see the stress in them. Mm -hmm. So obviously, you got to beg, borrow, and do what you need to do. And you make it out of the struggle. Because if you come from it before, but being aware. So this is where I'm going back. Everything relates to being aware. Now, we started this off with me telling you how you have to be aware in the moment with your athlete to understand. When you're going through anything in life, if you are not aware, then how do you take mental notes if you are not aware? If you're just there writing it out and out, you'll have no memory of what just happened, how you got out. But if you're aware, then you know how to deal with it in the future. Same thing, same principle of training. I'm training athlete A, boom, I gave him this movement, I saw a flaw in it. I made a note, mental note. Athlete B, I give him the same exercise, but I tell him, if this happens, I want you to do this. I don't let it happen and then go, wait, how can I correct it? No, I was aware with athlete A. I know what happened. So I'm gonna give you the note now so you can eliminate it from your movement and you slowly find the perfect formula, but you don't get flustered. So yeah, this is just upbringing, just gets you where you are. And I'm like, I'm a simple man. I'll tell you what, uh, I hate the whole, everyone matches their Nikes and Nikes and Nikes. I got to Les Mills and people are like, oh my God, coach, we gotta teach you, teach you how to dress. I go, and I'm, I'm straight, I'm very flippant. I go, see the problem with y'all is, you're worried so much about your, how you look, that's why you're training shit. What's it got to do with how I look compared to what I need to deliver? Mm. I'm invested. I'm, my, my thing is my athlete. I'm under the ground right now. Nobody needs to see me. The light's on them. I need to be behind the scenes making everything count. So I don't care about how I look. But then you are talking about going into these commercial gyms, which everyone's fashy and, oh, my God, selfie. You know, get the hell out of here. Like, I got no time for that. Like, that, that doesn't, doesn't take me, doesn't get me going. If anything, it'll get me rocked up. Because there's people that complain about that stuff, and then there's people that got no limbs. You just complained about you can't do this at the gym, you got all your limbs, you know? So, oh, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm very straight. I think every, and that's why probably sometimes people don't question me. I don't know, maybe they're scared. But why be scared of the truth? I love having conversations. I'm like, man, let's, let's go, let's talk. I want to learn about you, I want you to learn about me, I want you to understand why I am the way I am. Now I wish I had, and my father, I wish we had the help that these athletes, I wish we had me. If we had me to help us in our sporting life, wow, we. Mm. 
we'd be living a different life now. My father's what, coming to 68, he's still working. Can't afford to not work, you know? So it's like to the point, it's like, oh my God, soon, soon, soon. So I've really risen in the last two years, I think. I thank social media for that because now people can see what I'm doing. Mm. So for what I'm doing is then sooner, sooner, my, yeah, the old man and stuff, they don't have to work, but I'll keep grinding because that vision hasn't changed. Mm. I'll be the best and the vision from back home. I'll get you all out of it. You know, so I'll, I'll, I'll live to that. And that's why people go, sons, where's the wife? Where's the kids? I got bigger things to worry about. They'll come when they need to come. So yeah, that's, that's me. Oh, that's, there's so much wisdom in there. I'm trying to unpack it all because um, <laughs> it reminded me of so many things I've, lessons that weren't taught to me I feel like should be taught particularly to young people and, and mm. a big one I got out of that was um, I listened to a billionaire lately and he talked about his secret was to stay as hungry as he was when he was living on the streets when he had everything and that was his and he said he had to, he had to keep that hunger alive and that vision and continually yeah. expand his future and the other piece I, I love that um Yeah, that the, there's just so much goodness in there. So, <laughs> I was trying to. The, the, the main thing, especially like you're saying that, there's so much goodness in there is you enjoyed it. it. Yeah. You know? And there was the other piece was, I've got it now. It was a, it was a process called Dan Sullivan's formalized the process you yeah. just described. And it was, if you've had a painful past, that keeps dragging you back into the past. This memory keeps taking you into the, your old self. But yeah. if you can, if you can take the experience and the awareness and learn something from it, right. then suddenly it's it's fertilizer for your future. Hundred percent. And the way you described that was just articulated that to, to that constant awareness and 100%. learn from those experiences. Hundred percent. Like if you, and I always so if I give an example of just how I've been talking about awareness from the time we started. When I'm training my athletes, I tell them, look, you need to be aware of what your ankle's doing, what your knee is doing, what your hip's doing. When I put you through these movements, you don't wait for me to tell you that was wrong. You'll be able to pick up. My movement was wrong because I felt my ankle out of position. And that's trying to be aware. And that's where I think the difference is with trainers versus coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there's, there's more to just doing the physical work. You know, there's mental, mental stuff. My father always said, for running especially, you've got to be uh, running fit, you've got to be racing fit, and you've got to be mentally fit. If you don't have the mental fitness, you will not. He's an ultra marathon runner, the 100K, 160K. So you know that mental, mental side of him is strong. If you think my upbringing was bad, he was 14 of them in a two-bedroom house, got his first pair of shoes when he was 14 years old. So they, they were in a bad way on the farm, you know, working on the farm, walking 14K one way to school, through the sugarcane fields, walking back. So they had the rough life. Mine is like, if I, you have to talk to them and say, yeah, I had a rough life, they'll laugh at you. You know, it's the same thing I do to people here that, yeah, I had a rough life, really? You know, but not in a bad way, because everyone's in different levels, everyone's in different lanes. So you respect that. But you always tell them there's someone worse off than you. There's someone better off in regards to 
what we spoke about, there's someone faster than you. There's someone stronger than you. You always got to be aware of that. There's someone worse, worse off than you, so count your blessings. Look, there's someone better than you. Guess what? Get to the drawing board, work harder. Mm. And that's me. I know there's someone coming up. I know people are watching me. I know young trainers are watching me. I know old trainers are watching me. I see them watching me. That's pushing me to get on top of my game. Like, you're never going to catch me. <laughs> Good luck in trying, but you never... Because that drives me. And not, not in a disrespectful way. Not in a disrespectful way. It's just like, look, I'm Coach Stearns. Do not try to be me. You be you. But I'm going to run away from you soon. I'm going to run away so far that everyone will only see me because you're stuck in a pack. Mm. You know, it's, it's, some people might go, oh, my God, he's so khaki. Look at him. Man. Again, I'm doing me. I'm not harming nobody. I'm just using that to drive me. You know, my, your bad experience turning into what can you use, you know, to put it. You're good. You know, always, I'm aware. Like I say, I know there's someone coming for me. I know there's a new kid on the block. Oh, did you try his method? No, I haven't. I haven't seen him because I don't look behind me because I'm so far ahead of everybody, you know? Oh, have you seen this person? Nah, don't know. They're behind me. I'm ahead, son. I can see clear road. I'm wrong, but I'm not taking my foot off the gas. I work, you know, Monday to Sunday. <laughs> hasn't stopped. Hasn't stopped for the last four years. Hasn't stopped. I go home, I'm sitting at church. Boom, I'm on the phone. So last night I was sitting and watching food TV. I love cooking. Food, <laughs> oh, food TV is my jam. Well, yeah. This is why people go, Suns, how come you're not wifed up? You love cooking. I go, one day I'm going to cook for her and she's going to be like, take me now. Take me now, Suns. <laughs> you know? I'm watching food TV yesterday and I'm sitting there with my, my coffee and my father's like, man, you never leave your phone. You're, all you'll do is you'll sit. You'll need to appreciate the family. When we did and gone, I go, dad, I train athletes overseas. It's now, what it was like daytime. I go, it's in Denmark. I go, look at what I'm sending. I'm sending through a program. So during the day I'm working, during the night, it's morning for athletes overseas in Europe, athletes in the States. So I'm never not working. Uh, I choose to do it. People tell me, Suns, you need to have balance. For who? For you? So I can hang out with you? What? No, 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 no. <laughs> Right now, I need to stack what I can stack. You know, I'm going to do what I need to do. Like, I used to be bad. I used to work 90 plus hours a week. Uh, I don't know if that's bad. Some people call it bad. But I was perfectly fine with it. And everything's about work. And this is where we go back to the point of if we don't vibe, if we can't be friends, we're not going to work because my work is where I have my social life. And go, oh, well, that, that's, that's wrong, son. You should have a separate work and social life. By whose rules? Okay, that's... Um, so you're saying your dad... Yeah, so my dad goes, uh, you know, you represent your friends, your friends represent you. And this is where I'm like, okay. And I only surround myself with people that are going to fuel me and I'm going to fuel them like those jets. You know, they go up in the air and they attach mm. that nozzle. and So... I see myself like that with my athletes, with my friends. Like if you're stuck, yeah, take some of me because I got that energy I can give you. But if you don't give me back your energy when I'm down, man, we're not partners. Mm -hmm. I need someone who's going to ride with me, help me get, you know, get to where I need to get to because I'll get you to where you need to get to. So like I say, I only surround myself with people that are, 
that are driven, uh, that are like that. I live by simple principles of my, like I said, my upbringing. Uh, just, you know, set your sight on something, go for it. Uh, I'm at the point now where, like I say, I'm, I'm in my coaching. You know, everybody knows me for this coaching. Uh, I love it. I'll constantly do it. I'll do it for the rest of my life. Uh, uh, I can tell you that now. Nothing's going to change. I'm still going to go chase this, be the best in the world, be the best that I can be. Uh, and that's like, I don't know. I got no other, I don't know, side roads. Mm. Nothing else excites me. Along those roads, we're going to have fun. We're going to go on holidays. We're gonna and people think, and this is the thing, like, ah, you got to work so hard. You gotta, yeah, you got to work hard. But when you love what you're doing, it's not really work. When you make, like, especially in my, my job, I make sure we're friends so we can hang out when we're training. Because if anybody's seen my training, they, people question, like, do you all actually train or you're laughing or joking or dancing most of the time? I go, well, your work period is only a few seconds. So why are we so serious outside those periods? If you can switch to work mode versus, okay, I need to relax now, good, good I'm not gonna stop you, you know? And that's, that's where I, I just get my drive from, uh, the ability that athletes have to just wanna get better. I'm like, man, if they wanna get better, I better as well get better too, because, I don't know, we're feeding off each other, we're pushing each other off. Um, yeah, so that's, that's it. I'm, I'm so simple in that aspect. What about your r routine? You mentioned your, your days back. back to back. Back to back, yeah. Do, so you, do you have anything to kind of set up and finish your day or anything you like to ensure you, you know, do you try and get your own workouts? Do you try and eat a certain meal for breakfast? Do you try and meditate or do your gratitude or, or do you just, Nah, yeah, nothing of that sort. <laughs> Absolutely, like I'm, I'm, I'm weird like that. Uh, people go so it's because of my programs and stuff. I, I don't write it. Yeah, I, I text everybody what they need to do. <laughs> yep, yeah. I text everybody what to do. I know exactly what they're doing, what they've done six months ago to now. I've trained myself to be aware that I'm, I fully can <laughs> know exactly what we need to do. So I don't need to write anything because I know what we're doing. I know what you're doing. I'll tell you what to do. Um, I don't need... Oh, get away. <laughs> uh, damn phone. It doesn't stop. Oh, my friend. <laughs> my friends get annoyed because they see... They're those people that see the notifications. Mm. And I got like 20 messages waiting here, 40 messages there. <laughs> I'm on my text message. Now I'm, I'm going to talk you through this and go straight back to what we're talking. I got 13 text messages. I got, oh, wow, 300 emails. I've got Instagram. We're going to go Instagram. I got six in my inbox. I got 24 requests I need to get through. I'll get there. You know, I will get there. So, my, like, routine-wise, you know, um, I'm so used to doing what I'm doing. I don't need to do anything else that... During my driving time, that's my time. Is it, and what do you, I'm just seeing if there's yeah. any questions on Instagram, yeah, but yeah. Um, doing, because we live in a world now where you can use downtime to actually learn, and I'm just listening to podcasts and audiobooks, and I'm, driving's this amazing thing now, yeah. or sitting in a train, reading mm. a book. Is there anything you 
Because he must spend some time living up in Kaiwaka coming to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like if people, you know, the thing is, and I'm going to go straight to the gram as well. People go, since you can't post what you're posting on your story. I go, why? I'm a normal human being. Man, whoa, I'm a, what, what you mean I can't? Oh, you a coach. You got to be, for what? Like, I'm doing everything a normal person does. It's just that I'm putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm weird. I listen to some crazy songs. I say some crazy things. I put some memes. If you see my athletes like Israel Adesanya and their memes, they go ham. Like, I'm, I'm kindergarten in memes compared to them. They're like PhD students in memes. <laughs> I'm, I'm still learning about that stuff. So they go, oh, it, it's bad for your reputation. I go, well, sorry, love uh, hasn't really dented my reputation yet because I give you quality. When, when I do what I need to do, I switch. Like, it's, there's no problem with me from going with sons to coach sons, you know? And I'm transparent as hell. What you see is what you get, man. There's, there's nothing more. I don't want no nonsense, no nothing. Like, if I tell you do something, do it. Don't question me. Uh, and when I say don't question me, you know, people are going to listen to this and go, oh, well, that's bad. No. There's difference in questioning you in a in a way of doubt versus questioning because you want to understand what you're doing. And I have no problem with that. I can help you understand why we're training in this way. And my athletes will tell you. I explain perfectly and they get it. But in the past, I've had people, oh, well, I don't think I should be doing this. Well, why are you coming to me then? Go train your damn self. You know, so I'm like, and like I say, you know when you know when people, the tone they're talking and why, oh my God, I got, like one day, I had a girl training and, I'm not going to put a name, I'm not going to name drop you. Um, keep complaining, keep complaining. I'm like, oh my God. In the gym, this is in the gym. So I took out my cones. I made a little track on a page. I drew it, some arrows. I said, follow it. And it was leading to the door. And I said, don't come back, please. You know? So I'm, I, am, I am that smart ass in that sense. Like, like follow yourself and don't follow this track and don't yeah. ever come back. Um, I'm going to be a little bit superficial. Pretty girl. Pretty girl. So people were being like, ah, Suns, how can you do that? But I'm not there for that. If I'm there for that, I wouldn't be where I am with my coaching. Mm-hmm. I can say, I don't care who you are. You can be a, the hottest model. I'm be a male and a, one of those males. Or you could be the best like, male athlete in the world. doesn't bother me. Like your, your title doesn't bother me. Your attitude bothers me. If you come with an average attitude, you come with an attitude thinking you're bigger than everybody, then I don't want to be with you. Me and you are not going to work because that doesn't work. And this is where, like I say, I get, I get emails every day, messages everywhere. Do you train? Do you train average Joes and Janes? Yes and no because my past is like, I got, I got people that are training and then they, they don't do what I ask them to do. And I'm like, oh, well, how are we meant to achieve what we're meant to achieve? And I mention this all the time to people. If you do badly, you bring my rep down. But I know 100% I've done what I need to do. Mm. I know you're not doing what I told you to do. If you bring my rep down, I'm going to bring you down like a ton of bricks. Because I protect who I am in the sense of my work ethic. So I need you to work. 
If I tell you you need to squat this today, you better well squat that today. If I tell you to go and do these sprints, you go and do those sprints. If I tell you go and do that run, you go and do that run. Don't come and tell me you didn't do it because I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. Where did excuses get? Nowhere. And that's why only three places on the podium. That's why there's only eight lanes on a track. Mm. You know, we can't have a thousand lane track. Everyone else will be doing it. Only the eight of the best make it to the final. And only three will stand on that podium. You know, so if you apply those principles and live by it, like, look, I need to get on that podium. And that's my hunger where I'm like, I know there's other strength and conditioning coaches out there and trainers that go, I'm going to mimic what he does. I know this. That's fine by me. But I know they're also trying to develop their own method, and which is good, you should. But I'm going to work 10 times harder than you. So make sure you never catch me. And when people ask me, oh, do you know this person? No, and I'm not telling you in an arrogant way because I don't look behind me. I'm so far ahead. And this is where it comes down to like, I keep it simple. I have my commitment to stay with my simple basic movements. It works. It hasn't let me down to this day. So I don't know, like my stats, proofs in the pudding. Mm. You know, uh, for example, the national secondary schools, football, nationals was on. Two of the teams, Sacred Heart and Mount Elba Grammar. Both the first 11 football teams I work with, they both were in the finals. So if that's not one example of the man's work works, I don't really, I don't really know what else to say. Mm. You know, like I just believe in myself, man. Like, I don't know. <laughs> My, the powerlifter posted a video the other day I just narrated by 50 Cent and he goes, don't confuse I think a self-belief or something like that, don't confuse it with being arrogant. You know, like I'm, I'm telling you now today and this is all, everyone's gonna hear this, like I'm the best. They go, well really son's not really cool, that's, that's you. I'm telling you I'm gonna do what I need to because I need, I need to believe in it, not you. <laughs> I don't need you to believe in my goals and my visions. I'm gonna go chase it. And if I happen to be loud and proud about it, so be it. But I'm going to go out there with <laughs> bells and whistles and I'm going to get there. So that's just me. I, I keep it simple, man. I just see it, plan it, go for it. Mm -hmm. Going back to that planning thing, nah. I don't sit down. I don't write anything. I don't have a routine when I get home. My routine is shower, eat, relax in the bed. And, and what's... You mentioned you're a big foodie. Oh! What's, what's, what's your... Uh, if, if you're on the tools, what's the meal you love to make them... Make the most. So the thing is, I love seafood. Yeah. Oh, I love seafood. Uh, all the shellfish and all of that stuff. But I don't know how to put, like, have you ever, I don't know if you've watched the show Ready, Steady, Cook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going, brother? Um, and you know how you get this, like, five ingredients thing and you got 30 minutes. <laughs> I play Ready, Steady, Cook myself. <laughs> I go in the fridge. I take out a meat. Whatever I see. I put it there. Then I go get four other items and I give myself five minutes to think. I put the clock on and I really stay to cook. So I just put me, just put me in the kitchen. Mm. I like to go on the fly. Like literally, this is what uh, you have, cook something. But yeah, I love my outdoor cooking. Mm. Fire. I love cooking on the fire. I love cooking on the coal. It's that. Uh, 
best best way. Uh, uh, what's the biggest fish you've got in? Uh, Are you normally surf casting? Yeah, off the surf, point? yeah, yeah, surf cast. So uh, especially Tauri Point. Yeah. Uh, on the surf, I love I love kawaii, and you go with light four kg yeah. tackle if you want to. I caught a four four and a half kg kawaii. And on a 4kg line, <laughs> whoo, you got to be patient. And I opened, and you're cleaning the, the kawaii, obviously. He had two full mackerels inside, one whole pilchard plus my whole pilchard in its mouth. So now standing up, and I was carrying, because it took me for about a 100 meter, 200 meter walk down the beach trying to fight this thing, because I don't want to bust it off the thin line. Walking back, I was holding by a tail, the head and a little bit of the body was dragging on the, on the sand. So it was big. It's a big kawaii. Uh, but yeah, I've been out to like near Keyhole Rock in the west near Piha and all of that. Caught some, some very big like 5, five kg trevelli. Yeah. So big. Uh, but obviously not as big as some of the guys catch stuff off the rock. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just love, I love surf and rock fishing because there's no technology involved. And that's your, that's your balance, yeah. Yeah. Like... And I was so bad, it's probably why I'm single too. Well, there'll be a date on the go, like, and then there's a, the old man will say, let's go fishing. I'm canceling that date and I'm going fishing. That's right, girls. If you listen to this, I'm going fishing. <laughs> I am not Hunter missing out. <laughs> exactly. Like the ocean and like the forest are, I'm mm. at one. So I love training at the Auckland Domain because there's trees there. Mm. I feel like I'm back home. Like the moment I see trees sway in the wind, I'm like, ah. Oh. I'm connected. <laughs> I get like energy from it. The ocean, I just get energy from it. Like it'll sound happy clappy to people on this, but they don't know. When you get that energy from, from a surrounding, man, it's, it's dope. That's so good. And a few um, kind of quick five questions. Is there, is there a, say you're a, an upcoming athlete, is there right. one piece of advice that you'd have, have for them? If there's someone that's really aspiring to be the best in their sport? Yeah. 100%. If you want to be the best, you need to prioritize what's important. Get rid of the social life because the social life will come after life in sport. A lot of the times I find younger athletes and even younger development or just individuals like adults that want to be great or want to be good, but they can't seem to let go of the social side of things. The things that are not fueling the, the path to being the best that you need to be. You're doing everything else and you're giving that work 60% and you're splitting the other 40 into social, into this and that. No, I need 100% in there. If you get 2% to those things, so be it. I don't care about your social life. If you want to be the best and you want to get to a club, a pro club, a pro contract, or whatever it is. You need to understand you've got to be fully into it, fully committed. You've got to sleep it, breathe it, eat it. Eat it. Mm-hmm. So I apply that to me. Coaching principles. I sleep it, I breathe it, I eat it. That, that's what I'm doing. So if you can sacrifice, clean your plate up, and put down what's important, boom, happy days. Mm-hmm. And is there one... Is there one athlete that's impressed you the most? Maybe it's someone you've worked with or, yeah. have, or haven't uh, worked with and you've seen. Oh, no, I'll, I'll go with athletes I work with. And, and you know what? I'm going to be 
I'm not trying to, oh my God, he's, he's saying everybody's great. No. The reason all these athletes I worked are competing on the world stage is because of their discipline. So everybody, the Sonny Bull, Sonny Bull, amazing athlete, Quaid Cooper, Tom Abercrombie, they all just have this pre-training routine, in-training attitude, amazing, post-training, you know, they're so routined into making sure their body is checked because at the end of the day, that's what's getting their body. If they don't take care of it, they're just so in it and their attitude, mentality, all like literally all my athletes I work with and especially the ones that are in that, that professional and light and playing all over the world, hands off to them. Like, I mean, I was good, but I'm, I'm nowhere near them when, if I go back to my sporting days, nowhere near. Uh, I, I'd, I'd put my coaching in line with their attitudes to their sport. Mm. Yeah. And what about, I don't think many people realize that recovery for a professional athlete is, is, is often the difference. And is there, are there some key tips that you think amateurs or most people just don't get to, to make it at that level? Like, mm. is it that extra sleep? Is it the, 100%. the discipline uh, in the training? Right. Um, and I always, and I still say this today, anybody can train. It's easy to do the training, the, 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 the actual training you need to do in the gym, your field training, your court training. But after that, training hasn't finished. Your foam rolling, your mobility, your, your water work, your bath, your spas and cold waters, you know, your submerged, all of that, that, that needs to be taken care of. That's, for me, more important than the training. See, the training, for me, this is how I look at it, training is uh, and the day you compete, they're the same thing for me in the sense of it's like a, your car, your race car, race day. But after race day, you got to go tune it, service it, and get it done. And that's where your post-training comes into play. If you're not foam rolling, if you're not mobilizing, if you're not loosening up these muscles that build up tension, well, guess what? Imagine getting this cord a really tight, tight cord and trying to load it and load it and load it and load. it's going to snap eventually. If the cord doesn't snap, it's going to break apart off where it's attached to, aka your bones and stuff. So if you don't make sure you are the way you are before you started training, how are you meant to last in training? So someone will get confused with that and I'll say it again. If you do not make sure that your post-session or in the evening, you don't feel like you were at the start of training, you're not going to make it. You need to be limber and loose. It shouldn't be tight at night. But the problem is people want it overnight. Ah, I did it, sons, and I don't feel like it. Do it every day for about six months and tell me you don't like it. So yeah, make it just as important as your actual training and sport. And uh, what... what what would your definition of success be if, if you've got one? Because I heard one recently, but the same guy who mentioned the, the, the art of life is to stay hungry no matter how successful you get. And he said his definition of success, which I thought was great, was just that you'd done your job, that you were doing as good as you could have done it, and you, and you yeah. have that mindset that yeah. you just did your best. 100%. So 
my definition again i could ask this question again success since so what what's success for you i set a target and i hit it i'm successful uh have i have i impacted my athletes yes 100% you have sons i'm successful have you impacted another athlete have you changed another life sons i 100% did so i have these little targets within my own uh coaching my own coaching life have i hit what i wanted to hit in the last 2 years 100% am i setting my sights in something else 100% you know that's all i base success on is i don't i don't need to know about money mm. uh, like i mentioned in the start that does not bother me i've never i've never had money so it's not like i know what i'm losing you know what i mean this is probably the most money i had in my life you know if i had if i had like 100 bucks in my account that's the most i've ever had in my life because i'm not i'm a, i'm a simple man i live with 2 dollars mm-hmm. i don't need much so my 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 success how i base or i define success for me and nobody else is how i impact my athletes mm-hmm. uh physically mentally and in their careers because that's what i do i meant to make them perform because that's their career that's their work so have they uh felt amazing 100% have they avoided injury 100% have sons where have you gone in terms of one athlete first 10 athletes first 20 athletes i'm successful that's it no material stuff but more mental and that's it mm. and how has an a apparent because if if you're getting better you have to fail you have to make mistakes and so is, is there a, a favorite mistake or or a failure that's in in retrospect set you up for later success Um or is there a failure that you, you've really learned that's you know, been pivotal? I I won't call it a failure because I haven't given up. Uh when I opened my gym on the North Shore, it started well and then it started plateauing. And I just needed I needed to step it up and make that break. And I guess I don't know getting out there more. I was sort of tied up in the gym like I was just oh this is where it is and that's where it is. So so for me it I think that experience within that gym uh and knowing and we were, we were amazing. We were still producing champs out of that gym. But I felt like man, I could be so much better than this. I just need that opportunity. and like i said the football opportunities that i got to coach the teams for free i just needed that break from the gym i needed to break free from it i needed to be my individual i needed to add my own flavor to things uh so yeah i think for me that starting off that gym and the coach sun's method i take those first 3 years as my planning cuz now i'm sussed nothing's changed those uh 2013 you know 2016 boom of the planning is the longest and hardest part after that smooth i don't change anything nothing's changed so for me yeah 100% i guess the the opening of their gym and the spikes of uh engagement with it mm-hmm. it was high it was low it was high it was low and i didn't like that i wanted something constant 
mm. and on a constant rise. And I'm here now. Mm. Yeah. And when you when you do have a setback or you feel unfocused or you, uh, do you have techniques to get you back in the in the zone or do you just take time out? Is it? Uh, like I won't say. I hundred percent know what you're saying, uh, but sometimes I'll I'll be driving or I'll be sitting. I'm like, man, I don't want to go to work, you know. But that that lasts all of five minutes, you know. And I'm like, you're responsible for a lot of people. Like, mm. I see over two hundred fifty people in a week. If I don't go to work, I'm letting them down. But I chosen to do this job. I chosen to take them on. So I'm responsible for them. They're relying on me. Their lives depend on it. Because some of them, it does. It's all they have. They want to be a best in their, in their sport. They, that's how they provide for their family. That's how they're going to provide for their family. So if I decide I want to be a little shit and oh, I don't want to go to work because who needs to go to work? I just let down 250-odd plus people that I chosen to take on. So knowing what you're going to do is like getting a job. You knew you signed up for this job. You can't back out of it now. You know what I mean? But because the way life is nowadays, people are like, oh, yeah, I don't like it. I'll just move on. That's wrong. Mm. So for me, I just like, and, and literally going back to my, my upbringing, I'm like, man, look at where you've come to now. We never, had, we never had a vehicle for our house. We walked and bust everywhere. So from now driving my own vehicle, everyone in the family has a vehicle. I mean, we don't have Mercedes and BMWs and all the flashy ones, but just having a vehicle, that's unreal. It's next level, because never in my life would we thought we'd all have vehicles. Mm. And people go, like, just a car. I go, a car was gold for us. You know, parents were using a company vehicle to drive us around in South Africa, you know? Mm. So we didn't really have that. had one, didn't have one, had one, didn't have one sort of thing. So, yeah, so for me, it's just like, man, just look at where you've come from to where you are now. And, you know, I'm going I'm, I'm to say this just because this was back home and the past and whatnot, but being from the area I am and that, that full black community or whatever it is, man, that's all we ever were going to be. And that's all we ever got thought we will ever be, will be those shits in there. Uh, but you see now I'm like, I'm in another country, but I've got people around the world following me. I'm like, man, shit, you actually, you actually got people following you, you know, like people looking up to you. And I'm like, you must have done something right, sons. Like, so when I know people are trusting in me and believing in me, as much as I got my own hunger to be the best, man, they fuel me to be like, sons, you best make sure they're okay. You, they're my family like I say my friends so everyone I train are my friends so I'm gonna fight to the death if I whatever I need to do to get them to where they need to be if I die along the way while they're trying to get there so be it but I've 100% committed to what I'm doing and I'm, I'm, I'm literally like in the back of my head and nobody knows this I'm doing a part as much as I want to do this for myself but I'm like I'm ripping for the brothers back home like look at where I'm at mm. you know I know you can't get out of that area because you're way worse off than I am but I'm ripping for you while I'm here. So that's, that's just how it is. You know, it's, 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 it's hard for people to understand, but yeah, coming from where we are, we knew that's all we're ever going to be to now. Holy shit. 
mm. you got people looking up to you since nobody looked up to us there. Mm. So it's like, whoa. So I'm like, I got you boys. Yeah. <laughs> so I even heard someone um, talk about just having like a hundred followers online and yeah. or a thousand and being yeah. really upset and and thinking, well, that's a whole village. Yeah. That's a whole or, or even if you're just helping a couple of people and it, it also reminded me of Jordan Peterson. He said, find so much responsibility that you can barely stand up and yep. that'll and that's that growth, that accountability keeps you going yeah. for others. Oh, hundred percent. It's like Man, I'm going to rip you all till I die. Like, I'm going to carry as many people as I can till I die. I'm, I'm just responsible for all of you. Mm. I, I chose to take it on. And is there a greatest piece of advice for your dad or uh, from your dad or any, anyone in particular that stands out? Be true to yourself. Just be true to yourself and who you are. That's, that's it. Literally. Like, and like I said, the simplest things in life are normally the hardest that saying is so simple. Be true to yourself. Now, you're hearing me say true. Oh, yeah, I'm true. But really, are you true to yourself? Are you doing what you're meant to be doing? Are you doing it for you? And is there purpose and intentions behind what you're doing? When you understand your purpose and intentions, and is it true and aligning to what you want, then you're on your way. Mm-hmm. And maybe... Um, f- a couple of questions just to finish. Have you got a favorite book? Uh, it could be a book, a film, a piece of content that's really inspired you or helped. Because we learn, like a book is someone's life that we can extract in yeah. you know, a few hours or a few days. And maybe it's even a seminar or something that mm. really impacted you as mm. an educational piece. You know, like... Or even a trainer. Yeah, like I'm, I'll put it like this. I'll relate it to how I, when people ask me, oh, since where you get your stuff from, I get my stuff from my head because I've got a brain. I've studied for a reason. I'm not taking, this is my method. Um, in terms of people that impacted me, I just look at my parents. Mm. The shit they had to do to get us to where we are. Mm. I'm like, man, people here would have called it quits, I'm done. But so for me, like the fact that they've never given up and to this day haven't given up. So they'll probably die fighting for it, like just to be free in that essence or be where they are. How can I not be the same? How can I not be as hungry as I need to be to be where I got to be? You know, there's going to be a point where we all part and go fly away. Uh, But for me, like, again, this is no disrespect to anybody else. And oh, I find, because you can find influence and motivation, inspiration from other people or whatever it is, but it's in my four walls. Mm. I breathe it. I'm with it. I'm aligned with it. Come on, I was born from them. You know, I was created by them. And seeing their struggles to, to get us, as I got three elder sisters, to provide for us and and never letting us fall short of everything or anything to get us, well, to NZ anyway. The struggles, and they still wore a smile on their face. What more do you want? Mm. To be hungry, to, to provide for the people within your circle. Mm. So same thing I apply to my athletes. You and my circle, I'll provide. And last question, I always like to record um, 
skill of video too, if you don't mind, yeah, <laughs> at the yeah, same yeah. time. But it yeah. would be if if you had one piece of advice for people on how to live a happy, successful life, what what would it be? Clear your plate up. See the bottom of your plate. Don't try and take on everything in life. Prioritize what you need to do for you, your family, people in your circle. But until you have yourself, your truth, your purpose, your intentions, then help others. Help yourself first. Sort out your path. Boom. Happy days. Simple life. Happy days. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> uh, thanks so much. No worries. Sounds such a treat. Um, yeah, I think I, 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 just the mindset really yeah. stands out for me. And, um, and and it's so funny. You come across someone who's excellent in business or yeah. excellent in, in Qigong or a yeah. master of tea or whatever it might be. And they yeah. all have that. Yeah. That oh. mindset of continual growth and excellence and yeah. and so it's just a pleasure to share your no. share your work and people can find you Coach Sands on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to send them anywhere else? Uh no, mostly just there. Instagram, yeah. That's where I work mostly and then yeah. my, eventually I'll get all my other stuff there. But ah, for now one is good. <laughs> oh wonderful what you're doing. You're making the world a better place and uh, it's inspiring <laughs> to watch your work. So Cheers man. Thank you for everything you're doing, brother, and no problem. really appreciate it. Easy, happy days. What an episode. I love that message at the end about clearing your plate, prioritizing, aligning your actions with your dreams, with your visions, staying focused, and just keeping space for the most important things in your life. We can't do it all, but we should do the we should only do the things that we're really gifted and passionate about. And Coach Suns is testament to that and also the success you can get from that. And I love the humble beginnings as well, coaching for free and just putting all your love, energy and passion into what you what you do. And that philosophy around the mindset, the self-talk, um, believing that you can be the greatest, it all starts with belief. So I hope you dug the episode, I certainly did. If you have any other questions for Coach Suns, let me know. Again, follow him on the Instagram, and uh, hopefully we'll get to do another episode with him. And if you have any other feedback, you want my intros or outros to be shorter, <laughs> let me know. Um, and also, if you'd like to hear any other guests on the podcast, let me know as well. Always looking for inspiration in all kinds of fields. And uh, if you enjoyed the episode, please share it. If you think it could benefit someone else in their life, particularly another athlete, or just person who needs a lift in their mindset. If you could share the episode, that would be much appreciated. And if you like the episode, or you'd just like to leave a review or a comment, that would be fantastic as well. That helps push my my, uh, podcast up the charts and get it out to more people. And also subscribe at dugit.nz to get the emailer and to get lots of goodies. I often do Be Pure and different giveaways and products and invitations and insights into my latest books, podcasts, learnings, teachings, um, all the things to optimize and to create an amazing life. So thank you so much for the listen. Think less, train more, experience more, get out there, be the greatest and um, hope you dug it. And again, Arthur Arbez with the amazing music 
on the intro and the outro. His album's called Gold. It's out now. Get it. Get after it. <laughs> <laughs>